Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the, the Ghouls Next, Next Door. Door. Talk about that spooky stuff. All day, every day. All day. Here at the Ghouls Lair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here at the Spooky Lair. It is a new month. We're doing new things. Yeah. We did one thing one month, you know, as we do. Yeah, sometimes we do the same thing two months. Yeah, this time it's new. Yeah. What's up? It's not really a series. Gabe's birthday. <laughs> yeah, that happened this month. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think we're doing a series. We're just kind of like doing a thing we feel like. Yeah, we're like, you know what? We've talked about this in a sense, but yeah. we didn't really cover all of it. We didn't so do we, this. We want to come back. Yeah. You know what? I want to talk to those people who are like, are you ever going to run out of stuff to talk about? <laughs> and this is a like, no, we're not. No. We can always, you can look at things one way and then look at them a whole different way. You flip yeah. it over. Yeah. We can revisit stuff, one. Two, we already have like most of next year planned out. Yeah. Like legit. And most of it is new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like, oh, I've always wanted to talk about that. Look, we can do that. That's yeah. crazy. We have a So platform. we're forever. We are forever. Forever. And ever. <laughs> Forever, ever. Uh, today we're actually talking about demonology. Yeah. And then furthermore, demonologists. Yeah. And also not demonologists. Yes. Uh, apparently, according to this one article I read, demonology is one of the most misused terms in English. Ah. Which I don't know if that's true or not, but this guy had a lot of opinions. Yeah, about it. I think people didn't get it. Like, actually, I had a shout out to Jeff because I was talking to him about this and we were like geeking out about the topic because I felt very strongly about some things you guys will hear. Um, <laughs> and so uh, he was like, well, what is what is demonology and how is this different from like an exorcism? Or he was like, how is this different from uh, like supernatural like investigators, like people who are like, I'm a paranormal investigator. I just come up here and I talk to ghosts versus someone who conducts seances versus someone who's profiting off of people's illnesses, which is to say most of the people that I just mentioned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking about specifically demonology today. And this month we're going to be diving into some other topics as well, because I think there. I think it's important to talk about the differences between all of those things. Yeah. Um, but today is specifically dedicated to the study of demons, which would be demonology. That's what words are. That's what that yeah. means. We're, just, uh, we're keeping it so fresh and so clean, clean for yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. That's do, what we're doing. doing a lot of wordplay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What's up? Uh, My name's Kat. <laughs> and we will be, or at least I will be, uh, diving a lot into... Um, the the more famous uh per, like i guess they self designated demonologists yes, yes. And that's why it's self designated uh ed and lorraine warren who are the more famous demonologists that people think of but let's they technically incorrect don't, but they aren't though <laughs> yeah so we're gonna we're gonna dispel that but we're also gonna talk about you know what their deal was but also we're gonna talk about what demonology still is and why uh why gabe gets really mad about it cool cat why don't you tell us what what is 
is demonology? Tell me about it. Yeah. So uh, the like definition of mm-hmm. demonology is the study of the history of demons and the belief in the demonic. Gotcha. So like, it's not like, hey, I believe in demons or hey, like this is a religion. It's like literally just like the objective study Yes. Of the history of the fact that people have believed in demons before. Yes. And, like, what does that look like in a religious sense or culturally or linguistically or... It's, like, very educational. Yes. In it's, it's an ology. Essence. Yes, it's an ology. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not well, an ist. To, it's an ology. Yeah. But to, to argue with that, there's also Scientology. So ologies aren't exempt from ridiculousness that's fair <laughs> yes i there. mean it's an ist it's an ology yeah we got titles i don't know yes but yeah i read this i don't you like this guy had sources yeah. i'm assuming maybe incorrectly i'm hoping not because i really liked what he had to say yeah uh that he did like his research, research and he claims himself to be a demonologist in that he studies demons just like the, the history, history. like them. he does it from a really academic sense. Yeah. Um, and then it's not so much like he thinks demons are real. Yeah. And actually he argues that like you shouldn't state that for the world. Like that you can real? believe that, go ahead. Yeah. But that that actually like conflicts. There are no proof. You can't study yourself. Yeah. You're, stu- you're like, if you believe in demons, you are a part of the work of study. Yeah. That you would be researching. So this guy's name is, I love his name, Stanley Stepanek. Stanley Stepanek. I just really like his name. I just think it's really fun. And he wrote this very long article called Demonology, a study of what is not by Skeptical Inquirer. Nice. So this dude has some real stuff to say. Yeah. He was like calling people out. And I was like, I am here for it. <laughs> Keep going. You got smart words. So he basically calls out people like the Warrens and other demon hunters or like ghost hunters who call themselves demonologists. And he explained it in a really fun way. So he argues strongly that demonology is an intense field of study like any other academic field of study. Mm -hmm. And like that you have to go to school for this. Like you gotta go learn You gotta get a degree. From books. You gotta (laughs) go place you gotta pay money. Yeah. Like you have to get a degree in demonology. You have to invest in that. Yeah, it's not just something you walk in. His, his example is great. You don't just, like, walk into a room and you're like, I'm a chemist. Yeah. <laughs> without having any background in the study of chemistry. Listen, I really like chemicals. I, One time I saw a chemical and I thought, yeah, I, I do that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I really like mixing liquids together in bottles. Like, you're just I moving water from one cup to the other I cup, I'm sir. I'm now. You don't just do that. If you don't have any educational background in a study, you don't just stroll up one day like, oh, hi, my name's Kat Cushion, and I am a chemist. And it's like, I don't know anything about chemicals. I was at science, but, you know, I don't... I don't know. Well, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on something that I have no background in. Yeah, you can be an artist and then name yourself chemist, but with a K. And now... I could do that. Now, oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, look at me being a chemist. <laughs> uh, but he basically argues, like, if anyone did that, they'd be like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. What do you mean? You are not a chemist. Yeah. But people don't do that with demonologists because it's, like, this kind of, like, taboo field of study where it's, yeah. like, they feel like like it's generalized in with these, like, popular 
versions of what it could be. They're just like, oh, it's on television. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Yeah. This guy is saying he's going to fight the demons. So that's what demonology is. It's like, no, it's literally the study of people who believe in demons. Yeah. And the cultural implications of why they believe in demons. Yeah. So, one... (laughs) You don't just walk up saying you're a chemist all of a sudden. Yeah. So you don't walk up and just say you're a demonologist all of a sudden if you never went to school for demonology. That is his first argument, which I am here for. (laughs) Yes. Two, if you're studying a topic academically, specifically the history of demonic belief, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it kind of be a conflict of interest if you're like, I think demons exist. I'm going to go out and fight demons. (laughs) Like that you're studying the very thing that you are. Mm -hmm. So that's like a conflict of interest. That's like, honestly, you're probably very biased in your views and the the information you're looking for. You're looking for what you want to see and not actual facts. Yeah, It's like being an anthropologist and like just being a part of that culture now. Like you're like, I'm going to impact it. And it's like, no, you're just supposed to be watching and telling us about it. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, can you look at this objectively mm-hmm. and, like, just report on like it? Like science. Yeah, like science. Like, if you're studying animals, like, you're supposed to just hide and be in the woods and they shouldn't know that you're there. Yeah, otherwise it's not a true... Study, yeah. Yeah. So, well, same applies Yeah. to demonology. <laughs> gotcha. You're not supposed to be out there being like, I'm gonna fight these demons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna rid the world of demons and then I will not have a job. Yeah, it's like, what you do? It's dumb. It's yes. straight dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> okay. So he has this really great quote, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially, like, if you're going to go be a demonologist, yes. cool, go yes. do that. Yes. But you got to go through the proper channels. And if you're approaching a subject, basically, like, if you think something indicates that demons exist, yeah. that you're trying to study that. You're you're looking at all of the factors. You're looking at, like, the linguistic variations you're looking at like the anthropological side you're like seeing what culturally has already existed surrounding this idea of whatever this demon you think is manifested essentially so you're researching all of these things and you're using science so like all like sociology disease theory all of that stuff essentially hypothesis yeah (laughs) like the intent is never to cure people yeah. of what is suspected to be a myth. Yeah. Like, the whole idea is you're studying, like, people's belief in it. You're not supposed to believe in it yourself. And then you're also not supposed to try to use demonology, as he says, as a system for a cure. Because mm. those who believe in the existence of such creatures, which in itself is a serious disregard for knowledge and abuse of human emotions. So it's really calling out like Oof. Ed and Lorraine Warren who are yeah. out here saying, I'm going to help you when really they're manipulating people yeah. who have medical illnesses or mental illnesses or mm-hmm. like life situations that are really overwhelming and stressful. And you are just giving them a cop out and torturing them more. Yeah. Because, like, demons aren't fun. Like, we saw all these films. It's not, like, a fun time. No one wants to be possessed. Nope. And they're probably not possessed. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just basically, like, really calling them out and then just saying that it's just, like, people just say they're demonologists or they throw the term, like, demonology at things that just really aren't. Yeah. What it's about. 
So now that we're done that little rant. Yes. Let's talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren. (laughs) Second rant. Uh, Who argue the exact opposite. Yes. In their world, their world that they live or lived. 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 That's all. That's okay. Yeah. So Ed Warren is a demonologist, he says. Yep. Uh, And Lorraine Warren is, as she says, a trance trance medium. Yeah. Which I do want to say is like. There was a long period of time where she did not believe Ed when he talked about spooky things. And then all of a sudden, she's a medium now. She's like, oh, maybe we can make some money. Maybe I can also participate. What could my role be? Maybe I see them. And that's it. That's what it was. Yep. (laughs) So unlike the other media we've covered in terms of like uh, exorcisms or Mm -hmm. uh, like ghosts or whatever. Like we haven't really talk like we talked about the warrens like briefly but we didn't really get into their essence nope uh (laughs) (laughs) but we will yeah so essentially they argue the exact opposite of the gentleman i said before Mm -hmm. they're like yo demons though yeah demons are real we are the only army we have to fight them the only way we fight them is by facing them and admitting that they're real yeah and like really just acting writing books about it and like acting as like a religious like an entity like you're yeah. going around preaching the work of god and that they're like very much like demons are coming for you yeah the demonic world is real mm-hmm. it's coming for you you better let us come help you otherwise demons yeah you're just with them you got, you got a bad case of demons you got here. demons in your house you got demons in your yard you, you need to fix your, your demon problem we're helping you we're helping <laughs> Demons in your pants were helping you. That's what you <laughs> that just said. I wanted to make sure that I just—that's kind of what their motto is. And I was just, I'm just like, you know, I'm putting it into terms we can all relate to. I wanted to give you credit for your funny <laughs> that I you. talked over briefly. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, so they're just like the devil exists. That's their whole spiel. Yeah. And we gotta fight it. So the way that they go about fighting mm. it is the problematic part. Yep. Um, and their origin story is actually really interesting, specifically how they both fell into this work together <laughs> yeah. as a unit. Yes. So Ed grew up and suppo- in a supposedly haunted house mm-hmm. in Connecticut, but not, not the one you're thinking, yeah. <laughs> like the film we watched. Uh, but you're correct in associating them with the house. Yeah. Uh, but Ed said his house, this is a quote. My father, who was a police officer at the time, would often say, Ed, there's a logical reason for everything that happens in this house. We never came up with that logical reason. Therefore, there demons. isn't a logical reason. It's just demons. <laughs> because my dad wasn't smart enough logic? to reason the weird house movements. Demons. Equals demons. Yeah. Demons in your pants. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Ed do. You call Ed. You got to call Ed. He knows what to do. So, you know... He goes on to say, my family would all go to bed and just around two or three o'clock in the morning, many times I would hear the closet door begin to open up. At first, I'd look into that closet and see only shapeless darkness. And then slowly I'd start to see a light beginning to form and it would morph into like a ball shape, sort of like a basketball. And then I begin to see a face in that ball. This is called a ghost globule. Globule. Which is funny that he was like, I stared really hard into darkness and then I saw a face. It was definitely real and not my imagination. And then yeah. he named it. Yeah. A glob, glob, 
globule. Globule. So in that globule <laughs> was a face, a face of an old woman, and she was not looking at all pleasant. Mm-hmm. The globule, I can't <laughs> give you that. The glob would then come out into my bedroom and then accompanied by an audible footsteps and heavy breathing. The room would then become icy cold and a natural cold, a psychic cold. Oh, put more words in there. And I'm saying to myself, Ed, there's a logical reason for everything. <laughs> Just like Papa But by said. that time, I was out of bed and right between my mother and father and their bed. And my logical bed. father. What, so that's from their, their website? Yeah. And that's like them, like... That's literally just Ed's words. Being like, oh, this is my facts. This is my truth. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have an overactive imagination as a child. Can I talk about the fact that literally a week ago, I looked into the darkness of my bedroom and it looked like there was a tall man standing and he had his hand out to like snatch me. Then I turned the lights on and it was my towels. Yep. Or so so you just put a bunch of clothes on the chair. I do put a lot of clothes on the chair, and they look like a people. It's like a whole time. So I'm just saying, I'm I'm not debunking your theory, Ed, but I just did at the same time. It's a globule. No, because darkness creates, like, you fill in the blank space. Oh, yes. There's so much science backing that up that your mind will fill in the blank space as a way to try to understand your surroundings. It was a haunting. You just don't get it. It was a globule. It was a globule. Oh, my God, I said it. So, Ed. Ed met Lorraine when they were both 16. He was working in the theater, and she was a regular attending with her mother. He was a demonologist boy. She said, see some demons later, boy. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I like it. You're welcome. Thanks. (laughs) So she was attending with her mother, and he asked her on a date, and the rest is history. Yep. Cute. That is cute. So, yeah, after a stint in the Navy, Ed became a painter, and then... You would sell those paintings to make money. Yeah. But then they would also investigate mysteries. And as you said, like, Lorraine at first was not about this whole ghost thing. She's like, I don't believe you. No. What are you talking about? Yeah. There's no such thing. Yes. Which is very different from the movie we watched. Yeah. No, there's a lot, a lot of fun in that movie. Yep. Uh, But what was interesting is that uh, essentially they would go to the houses and I would just sit out front and be like, I'm going to draw all the ghosts in this house. With my paintbrush. Yeah. And then Lorraine would walk up and be like, look, my husband drew this really weird picture yeah. of your house, but with lots of ghosts. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Because these are people who already were like, because there's rumors going around that this place is haunted. So yeah. then he just sits outside with his paintbrush for like a whole day. And these people are like, why is this random man outside like painting our house? And then his wife shows up and is like, look, your house is haunted. Look at all the things he sees. Let's talk about it. And then, of course, they'd be like, come on in. We are traumatized. Gabe, tell us some stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> so pretty much they, uh, I like to call this segment, you debunked. I like it. <laughs> that's what I'm about to do. So uh, <laughs> what I think is funny about uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren is when, when it, uh, we kind of stumbled into this topic and then I was like, wait a second, uh, we have covered them quite a lot, right? Like yeah. we, we talked about um, the haunting in Connecticut connecticut and amityville horror in our haunted houses episode yeah and we talked about like already the debunking of amityville horror in that episode um we've talked about them when we talked about annabelle in our dolls episode yeah and it's just and we talk about insidious in our children episode last week (laughs) yeah and they are like really prolific there's so many movies right now that are based off of their like stories and their books that like james wan is just making money off of right now yeah Um, 
Um, but I think it's really it's a, it's it's a it's a ride to say the least. Is looking through at what the supposed stories are, and then when you read like people's reviews or the fact that they've been sued a few times, or that like later people who were involved would come out and be like, no, this is. This was not true. <laughs> like yeah. We made that up for this reason and that reason. And it was very clear that they were just really getting off on, on, on the attention. Yeah. And like writing these stories about that. But so we um, when we had previously talked about the Amityville horror case. So that was like this really odd veiled attempt at exonerating um, Ron DeFeo, who murdered his whole family. And yeah. when you, if you want to check that episode out, go take a, take a look. I think it's like episode 14 or something. Um, but oh, take early. a listen to it. And uh, it is super fun. <laughs> we do some cool little special effects in there. We got oh, a little goofy. Our, is that when Susan comes out? Yeah, that's Yo, in Susan's That's there. a fun one, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is super fun. But if you want to hear about like what actually happened at the Amityville Horror House, um, and what I think is funny when I was talking to our friend Jeff, um, who has been a guest on our show before uh and i was telling him about it and i was like they were saying that this this place was haunted and that's what caused ron to kill his family yeah. and jeff was like wait a second so you're saying it's not that ron killed his whole family and now it's haunted it's before that like yeah and it was like yep that's what they were trying to say and it was literally like the story is that the 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 people who live there the Letzes, um and their friend or lawyer or something got super drunk on a lot of wine and then crafted this whole story and then we're like you know what let's run with it and then of course ed and lorraine are like we're right up here with you yeah <laughs> and and the problem is like Ron DeFeo was just an awful person who murdered a lot of very innocent people because he was involved in a lot of sketchy things yeah. and was just like, and he wanted to know. And it happened to be that the Lutzes were almost giving him that because they yeah. were like, it was like another, like the devil made me do it case, yeah. which is something that Ed and Lorraine are incredibly like involved with this. Yeah. The devil made me do it is like, a catchphrase that they could put on any one of their clients. Yeah. And so, and one of the more famous ones, which I actually um, think was really interesting because we never see that because it's not as, I guess, like entertaining, okay. I guess. So there's the um, famous trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, who during a time was um, engaged to a woman whose younger brother, who was about like 10, I think, um, had been suffering from what he, what everyone thought was that he was possessed. Okay. So uh, Ed and Lorraine show up. They see this little boy. They think he's possessed. Uh, Lorraine said, <laughs> a quote from Lorraine is that she knew there were 43 demons in the boy. She knew that. Okay. Uh, so then they get a, the archdiocese of that area to perform an exorcism. Uh, they do a few of those. And voila, the boy's fine now. The boy's free of the 43-something demons that were hanging out inside of him. And all everything's hunky-dory. Except, turns out that the some of the demons didn't leave. Instead, they hopped on over to uh, Arnie and possessed him, but conveniently didn't do anything until he got into a scuffle with his landlord and then ended up stabbing him a bunch. But it wasn't him. Nope. It was the demons from the, his fiance's brother. Yeah. Who was a child. That makes sense. Yes. Um, so. Uh, Following for it here. <laughs> yes. Um, so it, it, it's kind of like, it's such a wild ride that they were just like, yeah. And, th and they were actually asked to come on trial to like speak on his behalf. And it was like one of those, like, instead of like pleading insanity, it was pleading possession. 
which is absurd, right? Um, yeah. Later, actually, um, in 2007, Carl Glatzel, who is the, the young boy David's older brother, uh, attempted to sue them because he said that uh, they were manipulated by the yeah. Warrens and that they uh, concocted a, fo- his quote is, they concocted a phony story about demons in an attempt to get rich and famous at their expense, none more so than little David, whose mental illness he feels was exploited for monetary gain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so super cool. They're super cool guys, right? Um, we know about haunting in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Um, we talk about that in our episode of Haunted Houses. What I think is really important about that uh, and what you can take from it is that the the guy who wrote the book with them yeah. like, was interviewing that family. And yeah. he was like, wait a second. <laughs> he went to Ed and he was like, listen, I've interviewed all the Snedekers and none of their stories are matching up. Like, they are all over the place. They all have so many different things that are happening with them, like, just in real life. Like, some of them have alcohol and drug problems. Mm -hmm. The one kid had cancer. Like, there's all this stuff that's happening. And he's like, none of these stories are matching up. And Ed said to him, oh, they're crazy. Uh, (laughs) You've got some of the story. Just use what works and make the rest up. Just make it up and make it scary. Is what he said to him. And then they did. And now we have a haunting in Connecticut. Like, kickoff film that, like, brought us to, like, and I will say this. The film, which is one of my favorite, like, haunted houses films, uh, Lorraine actually hates it and has spoken out against it because, one, it doesn't involve them. And, two, uh, it, uh, she says it, it, it mocks, like, all the hard work that they put into that. All the lying that they put All the lying to make it even bigger lie. Lies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing about Annabelle is that she's actually a creepy uh, Raggedy Ann doll. She's not like that Which creepy doll. Which messes me up because I was like, I had a Raggedy Ann. If you put a Raggedy Ann in the Annabelle movie, I would have been more scared because I'd be yeah. like, that's the doll I have in my house. That doll's haunted. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're telling me? Yeah. That my doll that I actually own is haunted? Yeah. Not this weird doll like, that's not existent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been so much scarier if it was Raggedy Ann, but they probably would have had to like buy the rights yeah to Raggedy Ann. yes <laughs> um we also watched uh recently conjuring 2 uh-huh. recently as in last night which is about the enfield possession of um actually two young girls so in the film where we really only follow one but it was two uh-huh. the thing about that is that a lot of those occurrences were debunked as they were happening like the them being levitated you can look at the pictures online it's very clear a girl just jumping off of her bed yeah um one girl was just like honestly practicing throwing her voice like a ventriloquist so she would Uh just do that like they just were doing it for attention really um and of and lorraine just jumped right into that and i think it's really funny about conjuring too is how hard that they try to like kind of like uh, offensively, like combat anyone who's trying to debunk the story because yeah. they put the debunkers in there and then yeah. still make Ed and Lorraine the heroes being like, but we believe and that's what's important. And and Yo. demons are, are worse than these this kid being really stressed out and bullied at school. And her mom is like on welfare and doesn't like her husband isn't around and she has to take care of all these kids and clearly there's distress in this family that's not what's important it's demonic possession yeah there's so many demons all up in this house is what they're saying (laughs) yeah instead of like let's talk about the actual social problems that we have in this family um which is what they love to do but the girls were just lie and make it scary that's what he just said yeah he said it um one of my favorites that i stumbled upon when i was researching is their famous werewolf demon case what? Yes, you Tell did hear it, that please. correctly. Werewolf uh, 
demon, demon so um i stumbled upon uh someone's review of a a blog post um by rita ben Mukherjee. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, um, at Unexplained Mysteries. Uh, and he talks extensively about the werewolf demon case. Um, but what I think is really, really fun is his, like, essentially he just like encompasses this entire case, um, which was essentially a man who uh, at one point got really angry when he was younger and he said that he like blacked out and blamed it on something else yeah. was fine for a significant amount of years to the point where he just got married and had kids and just lived his life. And then one day got angry again and then committed some crimes and was like, Oh, it was a werewolf demon. So, um, oh. <laughs> so the guy who wrote this blog has this to say about the Warrens. The Warrens have been, have, haven't been able to produce any photos or material evidences, but the very presence of the famous demonologist couple, a paranormal collector John Zaffis, and famous exorcist Bishop McKenna greatly increases the credibility. Moreover, most resources touting the truthfulness of this case are blogs that love to gush on the Warrens. There are no articles devoted to debunking this one because it really debunks itself. Man gets violent with some cops, blames a werewolf demon, has an exorcism, man is cured. And he says, uh, but it's real because the Warrens are awesome and they don't lie. Say it with me now. The Warrens tell the truth. This I know for the Warrens told me so. Yo, <laughs> that's great. Which that's is a great quote. Because right? that's literally what it is, right? Like they come in, they hear about something that's like really unfortunate or like that's the third case now where they just tried to like exonerate someone who was vicious and angry and was just like a, a violent man and was like, no, it was actually demons. The and third one that I found. There's also like a medical, like latent trauma is yeah. like you only explode sometimes. Yes. And it can be years yeah. that you don't. It doesn't mean you have demons inside of you. It just means, it means you have anger problems. You have unresolved <laughs> anger issues. You've been piling it all on and it exploded just now. Yeah. You yes. aren't absolved from whatever you did during that time. It was not a werewolf demon. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he would like growl and he would like oh, kind of get all huffy he's puffy. He's you know what? I'm convinced. Yeah, I changed it. my mind. And and I think it really just encompasses it, right? Is that like these are absurd cases. All of them are so different and so perplexing, right? In that like the real only like legitimate and I'm using quotation marks here um cause for even calling it like a demonologist case or a haunting case is the existence of Ed and Lorraine in this environment like yeah. if they didn't pick this up it would have just been a run-of-the-mill like this is a, a a family that's going through some stuff or these some people who are going through some stuff yeah. but as soon as they step foot in there it's like okay this is a haunting there's no other explanation for it everything's haunted we have to exercise them and they're exonerated from any bad things they did yeah so that's what Ed and Lorraine did. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, the Perrin family case, but we're going to do that when we jump into The Conjuring, which is the first one, um, which is interesting, um, but was certainly like pumped up a little more uh, the way that you have to in films. Yeah. So stay tuned. So we watched stuff. Yeah. So we watched um, Conjuring 1 and 2. Yes. 
we actually watched a lot of things. We but, watched way more than we maybe needed to. Yes, but we were trying to figure out like what what we were doing. Yeah. Like, what was the point? What was the poll? What's interesting? What do people want to hear about? Yeah. And it ended up being Ed and Lorraine because it's fun. Um, so we watched Conjuring 1 and 2, and we watched a documentary called Hostage to the Devil about an actual, quote-unquote, demonologist in that he is, like, he, the demonologist in the sense of, like, he works for the church. Yeah. Or Actually, he didn't. He, we'll talk about that. You know what? Honestly, I don't think he was a demonologist. No. According to my exorcist. main man, Stanley Stepanek. Yeah. So. Another self-proclaimed demonologist. Um, he was just a religious man. Uh, but we'll talk about Conjuring and Conjuring 2. So Conjuring 1 is from 2013. It's directed by James Wan, who did Saw, another movie we watched, which was demonic. Mo- yeah. Pretty much any movie with Ed and Lorraine in it. <laughs> Yeah. He's done it. Or like Animal and like uh, Insidious, yeah. all them. He loves it. Um, but what Conjuring is about is paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorized by a dark presence in their farmhouse. Yeah. Which is their house house. I don't know why it's called farmhouse. Um, <laughs> and this is the Perrin family case, yeah. which was about um, a husband and wife and their five daughters, which is a lot of daughters. Yeah. It's many. Um, how many daughters is too many daughters? Five. five. They can't have any more than that. They'll lose one. Um, <laughs> According to the cat's metaphor. Yes. Um, so they, uh, the parent case uh, follows these people who, who buy a house and then weird stuff starts happening. And all of them had claimed that strange things were happening. Yeah. And, and it was scary for them. And so then they called in Ed and Lorraine. And actually what I think is really fun about this is that uh, – uh, one, Ed and Lorraine did not do an exorcism, which is what they show in The Conjuring. Because I was like, yeah. that's not right. Like, why would a demon listen to them? They're not, like, Reli- they're not, like, fa- like. <laughs> they're not priests. Yeah, like, they don't have, like, that power. And the demon would know. And if it's a strong enough demon as Bathsheba, I think she would know and be like, yeah, okay. You're just <laughs> you a, you're just a rando yelling at me. <laughs> like, and also, scripture. okay, Spoilers. Yep. But in the second one, she's just, like, pushed up against a wall, and she just says it, and it's done now. Yeah, yeah. Are we for real? Continue. So they uh, they did not do an exorcism in uh, The Conjuring, like, in the parents, like, in the actual, like, parent case. In the movie, they did. Yeah. Ed does an exorcism. Um, and in the actual case of the parent case, the parents actually asked Ed and Lorraine to leave because their presence exacerbated the, uh, presence of the, like, whatever it was in their house. Yeah. Whatever spirit or demon. Like, it upset whatever it was, the house. Yeah. <laughs> and so they had to leave. But someone, like, later in the story, it's funny, so someone who inherited the house later, one, sued the movie because of how many people started trespassing on her land, which is classic, that yeah. also happened with Amityville and haunting in Connecticut. People yeah. always trying to be up in your house if you have a haunted one. Um, and uh, so the lady was like, you jerks, now everyone's trespassing on my land. Um, but uh, she also was like, she did her own research into like the history of the land yeah. and like Bathsheba and all that. And she was like, none of this stuff is anything like what they were saying. Yeah. At all. <laughs> like, in the least. And so, um, yeah, she was just like, uh, no, <laughs> that's not true. Um, and I think that's interesting. But the, the film was pretty fun. The film has a lot of fun things in regards to, like, do, playing up suspense. Yeah, it was actually, like, genuinely kind of scary. I remember being like... Yeah. 
I feel fear. Yeah. Even in the second one, it was like dumb. They just did are really good at suspense. Like, I think the biggest thing is, like, from both of those films, you're generally afraid uh, because of the level of just, like, waiting you have to do to see what's going to happen. And they do a very good job. Or, uh... James. James Wan does yeah. a very good job, like, yeah. doing that. In Conjuring 1, it, it's been a long time. So it's 2013 that Conjuring, the first one, came out. So if you forget. Um, it's we a have fun a, time. I remember watching it. Yeah. Like, yeah. the husband is a, is a trucker, so he's gone a lot of the time. The kids are, like, harassed by something. There's the one girl who's harassed the most, um, and she's, like, super traumatized by it. But there's, like, the yeah. words where she's, like, stop playing with my feet to her yeah. sister and then like the blanket gets pulled off of her and she just did such a great job of just being like there's someone in the room and it just like you're stuck with the camera just staring at darkness yeah and nothing is there but she is acting so intensely that like you start seeing stuff in there even though yeah. there's nothing in there and that's exactly what that is like yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what probably was happening to them right? yes you saw a glob glob and <laughs> and then your your sister freaks out too, right? Yeah. Um, but I think uh, it it they have like the um the clap game, so uh-huh. it's like hide and clap instead of hide Which and seek. Which is a messed up game. Yeah. I am not putting a blindfold on my head for anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's because I've experienced trauma and I have no trust for my surroundings. But yes, absolutely not. Yeah. What were you have two floors? <laughs> As you said, you could fall right down those steps. Can that hurt? That Stop is irresponsible plant parenting. Here's the thing: I played like like manhunt in the dark in my house when like we would have a hurricane because I'm from Florida and like all the power would be out and we'd yeah. play. One time we played and it was like a disaster because everyone like stubbed their toe a few times. Yeah. We like knocked over like things that were like glass and it was just like, of course, your mom's like, now you're no longer allowed to play. Like, you can't yeah. play manhunt in darkness. <laughs> the like, first time I touch somebody else's hands that are not my tiny child's, <laughs> we're not playing whatever and clap ever again. Hide and clap. Absolutely not. Yeah. But it I'm has like, my eyes those... will be open at all times. Yeah. Well, it has like that um, really good scene where the mom is playing and she asks for the claps. And then we're led to one of the rooms that has like the haunted wardrobe mm-hmm. and the door opens so then the mom is like "Ooh, i think i know where you are and again she's blindfolded and then we see hands come out and do the clap and then she like turns around and everyone's like no and then like she goes to like look there's no one in there and then the little girl runs in and is like you were so far off you took your your blindfold off and i was all the way down the other hall and it's just like the mom is like oh weird <laughs> No, you're not just like, oh, weird. You're like, what is in my closet? There's a woman in the walls. I don't understand. What do you mean? There's a little, they, okay, so later. Yes. Spoilers. They go in and they like open up the closet more and they see there's a little hole in the wall. Yeah. I'm no longer thinking that's ghosts. I'm saying there is a person in my walls. Yeah. We need to leave. It is unsafe. Yeah. We have to call the police now. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, because I know stories where that's been the case. Yeah, that's like my literal biggest fear is that we find out there has been a person living in our walls this whole time. <laughs> that would be very scary. It would be terrifying. Uh, and also, they could have attacked us at any time. <laughs> Why are they waiting? Like, it's terrifying. Yeah. I think another thing that's classic, Ed and Lorraine, is having a uh, children's toy that mm-hmm. is evil. 
or as a way to see evil. Because innocence generally like leads you to be able to see things that people can't see. We talked about that last week in our children's episode, right? Um, But like we have uh, this like weird mirror toy musical thing. Uh The music is very... So, I mean, we talk a lot about how music influences a film. That is a creepy little jingle. Yep. A children lullaby. It's, yeah. The, yeah. yeah uh, Pop Goes the Weasel, which is usually accompanied by the Jack in the Box or something. Like, what's yeah. the most tormenting toy? Because it's like, you know you're waiting. And it always does that thing where it'll stop. And, of course, it doesn't pop up yet. And then it's like, bah! And you're like, oh, you. <laughs> oh, got me. I knew you were coming because that's all this toy is for. But you got me. Because uh, yeah. I didn't know the exact second. Um, but it's like a little thrill. But so she has one of those toys. And it, it plays the, the, the Pop Goes the Weasel song. But it, supposedly at the end of that song, uh, you will be able to see her friend behind you in the reflection and of course every adult is like okay open it up (laughs) i'd be like that's cool hon go play with your imaginary friend i'm fine (laughs) yeah not knowing what he looks like this all ties back to people being too curious yeah it's like why yeah there's no reason (laughs) yeah you walk in the other direction of danger yeah you walk away from danger yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, he loves, like, yeah, he loves these when, like, kids of, like, uh, in Insidious, when we have, like, the that one kid, and he would play the songs, like, ding, no, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Like, the SpongeBob <laughs> song, like the and he was dancing to it. Like, yeah, and then in Conjuring 2, which we'll run right into now, uh, from 2016, so three years later, same director, uh, this one, we have Ed and Lorraine Warren, who traveled to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by a supernatural spirit. So yeah. we went from one woman whose husband is always gone and she has five kids in a house and is clearly stressed in a time where she has no respect and now we're going over to London where the same thing is happening and now she has four kids no husband and is also super stressed yeah. um, so this is the Enfield possession uh, in this one we have like this like another like creepy toy but it like play- it has another creepy song which yeah. is the like which is the- also like why this is a very inappropriate song for kids it's yeah, like the, the crooked, crooked man, man comes kills your kids <laughs> this whole time it's like why are you happily singing this song and the mom's like oh you did it good job Ah, crooked Uh, man he's coming to murder you it's such a good song for my children love it yeah because so um we have uh another mom who's super stressed uh and she has her four children that she's got to take care of she's got one who's gotten who gets in trouble immediately and super duper wants some attention of course um and then uh you have a little boy who has a stutter you have just like a, you just have circumstances, right? Yeah. Uh, the one girl ends up somehow possessed by something. Uh, the old man. But not the old slash, man. Slash. Slash. Spoilers. Set up for Nun movie. The Nun movie, which is strange, uh, and is like a whole thing. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know because we just saw the Conjuring two for the first time, and then we were like, oh, I guess this Nun thing is something real intense. Because the Nun in this film is very solid for spooks. Like yeah, they did it. Every scary. time that person was around, I was like. Okay, this is scary. And then they would go back to the girl just saying, like, weird stuff. They do a really... One, I, I would say, one of the best scenes in Conjuring 2 is that she asks them to turn around so that he will talk through her. So there's, yeah. like, a supposedly this ghost of a man who died from an aneurysm, I think, in his chair in the yeah. corner. And so she sits in the chair in the corner, and she asks them to turn around, and they can ask her questions, and then she would do it. And... 
So it, what's in focus is Ed, but behind him, everything is out of focus. But you can see her, like her silhouette, like the little color splotches that equal her. Yeah. And then when the guy starts talking through her, you can tell that that face is different now. And it is yeah. a big old man face yeah. on the little girl body. And it was, it's very frightening. And it's like really fun <laughs> to, to use that kind of like yeah. idea. Um, there's a lot of really silly CGI because yeah, the there crooked was, man. There was some CGI times. <laughs> they were having a whole blast. Yeah. Which I think is funny because uh, the story behind Valak who, spoiler alert, from 2016, is the nun's name, uh-huh. right? So uh, that idea came from Lorraine told James Wan about an experience she had after the Amityville horror case, where okay. she was like, I saw this black splotch creature, and it was, like, super frightening. Like, it just yeah. messed her up. And he was like, oh, that sounds like something really hard to do in CGI, and I don't want to do it. And so it was like, scratch that. And then he created the nun instead because yeah. he thought that would be spooky. Um, and then it's like, but now you have like the, <laughs> you've over CGI'd like everything else. So yeah. why couldn't we have the splotch monster? Um, although I will say that the splotch monster and what is seen in, um, not Enfield, but one of their possession cases is actually more closely related to what we see in Insidious. Yeah. Like that really scary demon guy. Yeah. He's more present in what she's seen yeah. previously. So I think that's kind of cool. We could have saw him again. I would have been fine. He was really scary. Yeah, he was the scary. nun, not so much. Just like what they did with the nun was scary. Yeah, they were really good with like their camera work. And like, mm-hmm. you were like, there's no way that nun is not coming out of that picture. And they did. And they it did. Was so but in good. a way, I didn't think was going to happen. Because yeah. they mess with you. They were like, is it this time? No, she turned on the light. It's not here. But oh, wait. We're going to have a really prolonged time where she's going to, like, touch the... Oh, man, it was a time. Uh, if you have not seen Conjuring 2, I definitely it suggest long, it. It is long, but it was fun. But it was, it was a good time as far as, like, if we're going to get into, like, a horror movie that's good for its kicks. But James is really good at that. Yeah. Um, Can we also talk for a second about the very end where it was, like, we had just finished watching Homeward Bound. And <laughs> yeah. it was just this very inspirational, like, mom and daughter with their pet dog music. Yeah. Like, if you can envision it. Yeah. Just like, ah. Yeah. Like, After you're all happy. Trauma. Like, it's just like, oh, it's so wonderful. Yeah. Look how great Ed and Lorraine are. They're <laughs> like the dads and moms I've never had. Thanks yeah. for the cross. Yeah. Dad that's leaving again forever. <laughs> just like all men I know. Yep. Yeah. What I think is. <laughs> It's goofy. This, uh, yeah, I think what's really funny about this one is that he really, really amps up, like, the, isn't Anne and Lorraine just the best? Yeah, aren't they a love story? Yeah, because in the first one we have like where Lorraine had been affected by something and persists, and she's like, "You said we were brought together for a reason," which is like, well, it took a long time for you to find that reason. Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) they figured it out, Uh, and so she like persists. But in this one, it's like she's still kind of like weary and off. Because of things that are affecting her. Um, But it's like their love. Like they have like a whole part. I didn't think really needed to be there. Where Ed is playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. He does his little Elvis impression. And I was just like okay. Like he's cute I guess. Like what are we. What am I (laughs) saying? What am I supposed to be doing here? here? 
<laughs> you took me out of the spook to just charm me for a minute. And it's like, he already does that. He's a charming guy. Uh, but it was just like, look how cute they are. And they're like the spooks people for the fallen and the, the ones who are getting taken advantage of by wayward spirits and demons whose only goal is to, to hurt people. And it's like, okay, like, but why are you... Right. And and there's also like an intense lack of um, like people who are more appropriate for exorcisms. One. Right. Like they do mention yeah, like the church asks them to go. Yeah. And what I think is really interesting is like when we did our exorcism episode. They're closer to the Pope than them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the uh, when we did our exorcism episode, we talked about how there's an extensive like topic on how to get to an exorcism like you have to like rule out quite a lot and they do mention that in this film like he's like if they see this tape there's no way and it's really hard like we need more evidence than that than her just speaking a different language we have to rule out like mental illness and stuff Um, but then they really just like completely negate that and then they take it upon themselves which is like why do we even need the church if just anyone can do it right and that's like what I think is really (laughs) yelling the phallic yeah. Go to hell now. <laughs> yeah. And that you have enough power. Like, forget all the priests out there. They don't matter. Yeah. And <laughs> Isn't that the whole thing? Ed and Lorraine are the best. They are. They They're said the number it. one they told best also. So. They're out here solving exorcism problems. <laughs> Demons yeah. in your pants, they're fixing it. Yeah. Um, we did watch another thing. We did. Let me say words about it. So it was Hostage to the Devil from 2016, director Marty Stalker. <laughs> I love that. Fortunate that's name. a great documentarian's name. Because that's, that's what true. they do. They yeah. just stalk you. Um, so it's a child possessed, an exorcist locked in combat with an ancient evil in the battle for saving a soul. Just who really is the hostage of the devil? It's interesting in that it shows... A lot of people who really love this guy. So yeah. it, it follows um, Malachi something. I forget his last name. Uh, but it's it's this man who was a, a, a priest in a church in Rome and then came over, like, left because there was, like, weird, like, conspiracies and, like, gossip and, like, yeah, drama. Conflict. Yeah, there was, like, literal just, like, drama. And he was like, I got to leave. Because I know too much. Yeah, and he was from Ireland originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought it was interesting he ended up in the States. Like yeah. He was just like, I'm going to go all these places. Now I'm going to go here. Yeah. So I he came here. Him. And so there's a lot of people who loved him and are just like, he was a hero. Um, and then there's like this one guy. And at first I was like, oh, cool. We have a guy who's just like out to get him because he's, he's doing a bad job. And he wants to show him out to be a fraud. But then like. You find out. Yeah. Halfway through the movie you find out. That he slept with his wife. That Malachi slept with his that's wife. That's why he didn't like it. When I was like, oh. Dang it. I was like. You're very biased, sir. <laughs> Do you like, just not like him because he slept with your wife? Or are there other reasons? <laughs> and I think it's just because he slept with your wife. Yeah. I was like, dang. I was really. He, that old honestly. man also is like, I'm so stoked to die. <laughs> It's something he said. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that man just said he's super excited to die. To be fair. But he said he, it in a really nice way. It was because he wanted to see, like, what the truth was. Like, yeah. He was excited to know what was on the other side. I get but that. But that's still equal to He was also translated very old. Too. 
I'm so excited to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, oh my god, my heart. Yeah. yeah. It was a time. Um, but he, uh, I was really kind of disappointed by this for a lot of reasons. So the whole film, they keep like referencing back and kind of building up suspense for his like last exorcism case which is about a very very young girl who's like three or four years old and is supposedly possessed by a demon like a really old really strong very bad demon and we keep getting like we'll get people talking about how great he is we get a little story about how there's drama in the church we get a little bit about how he slept with people's wives we're getting all this stuff like a mix of this but we keep peppering back into like like, this girl girl. is evil right and like four years old she was yeah Yeah. and then like and mixed with another guy who was like she was evil but maliki was really nice about it uh where like she the other guy's crying because he's like upset yeah. about the fact that it's a four-year-old that's yeah. lost her innocence. And then the other guy was like, she gave him I a look. It was the same guy. <laughs> no, it was two different it's guys. It was two different guys? Yeah. All right. I liked the one guy who was crying a lot more than this really rude guy. He was super rude. But there's like, a, he was like, it was my best friend. Anyway, uh, he, like, has a thing where he, he kept taking things out of context. Like, he would say, like, and then she said this awful thing. And it would have been, like, it was, like, have a good day, father. And he was, like, but she said it and you, you couldn't see her face. But her face was bad. And I was, like, was it, though? Or are you, like, really, really we- reading into this? Because he would hype it up where it was, like, and then you cannot believe what she said or did. And it was, like, a super normal thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, she blew him a kiss. Yeah. And he was, like, how d- she was, like, a, he, he called her, like, a whore. He said yeah. she was like a whore giving a kiss to a John. And I was like, like one, that that's disgusting. And yeah. then also, <laughs> what were you to say? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, okay, maybe she's just a little girl and her parents like taught her. Like, that's how you say bye. What? Bye. And so it was like, it was such a wild ride where I was like, what? And so then I was like, okay, does this little girl like come up and stab him? Like, I was excited. I was like, I, right, let's see. I was like, how is this little girl going to murder him? Because that's what I'm excited for. Because I know he's dead. And I want to know. Oh my God, Gabe. <laughs> well, I was we're just... not promoting child murder no, on the Golden Lake no, store. No, we're not. Okay. But that's what it felt like it was hyping up to. I was okay. like, there's no other reason for them to be like, ooh, she's so well, evil. She's so evil. There was so also evil. like no resolution no. to that story. Yes. Which was frustrating because it's like, when it ended, I was like, was, oh. Yeah. Oh, he just died. Normal. <laughs> Yeah, like you went, and I think nothing you else happened. No, I think what happened went upstairs, to the girl? And I was like, all right, so Kat went upstairs and I had to tell her what was happening. So he shouted up and I said, oh, uh, Malachi fell down. He says that it's uh, one people were like, it's a conspiracy. The church came to him because he knew too much. And then someone else was like the one guy who who talked, who like equated that young child to a sex worker was like it was a demon it got a hold of him and it wouldn't let him go and then (laughs) and then he was like the like they interviewed the guy and he was like uh i know too much or whatever like um like the like the lady like came to him when he was like right before he lost consciousness or whatever and she was like he was like i know too much like no it wasn't an accident or something uh and so but he had like fallen and then cat was like on her way downstairs i was like oh oh he died he's dead now and that's it (laughs) there's really no explanation but it was literally like was it the church or a demon or maybe it's because he was very old and he lost his balance 
I feel like if he said it's because I knew too much that someone sent somebody. But I think he was saying like, like, I think he was setting it up for being a demon thing because it, he was so in, involved in that case at the time. And they let it up where they were like, each time he took on a case, he would get, a, he would get sick. He would lose like part of himself. Yeah. And it was like, or he's just getting old because, and he's like working a lot. And that might be, it's probably and emotionally very, exhausting. like, emotionally dirty. Yeah, work, like, you're it's working like if you're real dealing hard. with individuals who are going through, like, that level yeah. of stress, mm-hmm. that you're going to take some of that with you. Yeah. But, uh, spoilers to everyone from this 2016 documentary. The little girl did not kill him or in any way have anything to do with his death. And also, it didn't really say what happened to her. Like, no, yeah. she went away, and then later, they tried to, they brought her back, and she was a little more evil, but they were just like, whatever. <laughs> Like, it was really unresolved what happened to that young child. And then also it was just like, did the church do it? Did a demon do it? And not once did anyone say, like, maybe it's because he was old and he fell. Yeah. Because he was very old. And also it seemed like uh, for the little girl that people were referencing that, like, it's very possible that she had, like, experienced some sort of sexual trauma. Yeah. And that is why she, she was one, doing that. got worse as she got older. Because if it's no one stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the one guy who was possibly going to help died. Yeah. So that was our real, in quotations. You think maybe the police would? <laughs> Demonologist. No. Okay, I guess so. Uh, nope. It was definitely a demon who made her blow kisses. Um, yeah. Feelings. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, I said feelings. Let's talk about feelings. Okay. So if you like it, it's Raggedy Ann. It's scarier than Annabelle. Yeah, because that's she's actually the the real Annabelle. Yeah, which was way and it made a little more sense as to why it still doesn't make any sense why these nurses had a doll and why that doll was scribbling notes to them. But whatever. Um, <laughs> well, what's it gonna be, right? Uh, but if you don't like it, it's I'm a chemist now. Yeah, because you could just be whatever you want. I'm a chemist. I'm a demonologist. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yeah. <laughs> You can go do, do them. Yeah. Just be. Go fight demons, and now you're a demonologist, not a demon fighter. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's all I got. Um, yeah, so, so for uh, the topic of demonology. I really loved my main man, Yeah. Stanley Stepanek. I hope he's not full of it. I really liked all of his words, and I think everyone should go read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, unless, like, you actually believe in demons, because then you're going to feel kind of sad. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, teach their own. Yeah. But I just thought he was putting some real logic. On a to... really scary subject. Yeah, exactly. Scary in that, like, so... If it is real, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also, like, so when we did our exorcism episode, it was really hard because I just get very upset when it's clear that there are people taking advantage of, like, vulnerable people yeah. who are already in these really sensitive spaces who clearly need help. Which yeah. is, like, what our, this episode started out to be when we were researching was just going to be about ghosts. And then we watched some, like, haunted stories. And I got really mad because I was like, these are just excuses for people's, like, very human actions and mistakes. And, like, instead of be, just owning them, we're, like, saying demons did it. And then that just led to, oh, that's Ed and Lorraine's entire career. 
yeah. was them being like, no, it was demons. It's not something you have to actually take care of. Yeah. Like, give us money and publicity. Yeah. And so it... I think with, like, the act, like, if, if demonology is really just, like, people who are looking back into what kind of impact that is, yeah. then, yeah, I'm here for it because it is impactful, right? And it has affected people generally in an incredibly negative space yeah. um, for for forever, right? Um, but if it's demonology in the way that, like, we have Ed and Lorraine and that we have, like, the Vatican who... That documentary said there was, like, 60 exorcisms, like, a month in just Rome. And it's, like, that's a very small place to be yeah. having that many exorcisms. What is wrong with your central location for religion that you have that many exorcisms? And I guess it's because maybe the devil feels threatened. So that demonology is where I'm, like, I can't get it. I just, it, it frustrates me because it does end up hurting people. Well, it, People okay. have died. Well, because the biggest thing is that it's a misuse of the word. So, like... Mm-hmm. Army man is saying that yeah. that's not what demonology is, and that's yeah. what everyone keeps saying demonology is. Yeah. And then there's people out there saying they're demonologists who aren't practicing the actual study of demonology. It's yeah. a bizarre time. And there's just this whole idea that there's comfort in the idea that there's something else after we go. Like, yeah. that's it ties back to that is that we just don't want it to be nothing. Mm-hmm. And what the cost for that is that demons exist, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, sometimes when you, like for, for people who have certain uh, like mental illnesses and if they are not getting help and they are very religious, sometimes it's much easier for them to believe like the devil is doing this to me and I'm not the one who's making these mistakes or am affected by something that's happening to me chemically. Uh-huh. And all I need is an exorcism and everything will be better. Not I need a lifetime of like medication and taking care of myself because and, like, I have going to like therapy an issue. And, yeah, like, like working through it in a you know, rational sense. Yeah. Which is a hard realm to face for, like, humanity as a whole sometimes, where we need to explain things. Our brain fills in the blanks. Yeah. So we try to explain things in ways we know how. That's why the whole Salem witch trials existed. Someone got pink eye. They're like, witches are here now. Yeah. So Someone slept with someone's wife. Yeah. And it's just like, we have interesting ways as humans in explaining away things that we don't yet understand or we don't want to take responsibility for yeah and i i think with ed and lorraine you know they gave us some good stories yeah and uh, but the problem is like at what expense right yeah. like we have They're exploiting people, people. yeah it's sad yeah. And it's like these people who are already vulnerable, but also uh, not to exonerate any of the people who are involved, too, because a lot of like a lot of these families were in on those hoaxes and yeah. were also profiting off of them. So some of it really is just like it, at some point it's like, OK, what part of this is really just like entertainment? <laughs> like yeah. we are making an entertainment ish- in industry, right? Uh, versus like times when like something with an exorcism is like someone who is hurting and is is vulnerable and then we take advantage of them right um whereas i think a lot of what ed and lorraine did was walk in and like make a situation worse but also the people who did it were not completely innocent either yeah so yeah that's my two cents about that what about the films just quickly. i thought they were good yeah they were fun i thought they were fun even the documentary was like interesting it was yeah. not what I was expecting, and I was like, what? Why? Uh, <laughs> but it, it was not at all what I thought it was, so I was excited to watch a documentary about a guy who did exorcisms. Yeah, but uh, if you like what you hear, keep on listening. Give us a like and a comment on iTunes. The iTunes. That's where it matters. It's my birthday month. 
Gift to Gabe. Yeah. Also, if you want to, I don't know, contribute to our Patreon. <laughs> that exists too somewhere. Uh, or you want to make us cool fan art. I also Or buy that. t-shirts. Buy t-shirts. Be a cool scout, y'all. Yeah. Uh, but don't get married. They'll eat your kids. Okay, bye. Where they get possessed? I don't know.